Hey sister, are you newly alcohol-free but you've been hanging on for dear life, hoping you don't fall backward? Or maybe you're still stuck in the cycle of over-drinking even when you told yourself you would stop, waking up each day with thoughts of self-loathing? Is your anxiety through the roof so much that you wake up at 3 a.m. with your heart racing and negative thoughts about yourself? You hide it so well, not many people know. Girl, I get you and I see you. I'm Michelle Porterfield and for so many years I experienced all of this. Here's the deal, quitting drinking is just the first step. I believe that's why it can be so scary. We know deep down it's more. Once we see what's underneath all the covering up, true freedom is found and I'm here to help you do just that. So whether you're newly alcohol free or just sober curious, there is freedom on the other side. I can't wait to help you ditch the wine witch, or help you find your mindset breakthrough and reignite your purpose after alcohol. Girlfriend, you are in the right place. Welcome to Set Free Sisterhood. Hello, beautiful ladies. Happy Tuesday. It is seven, almost 7.30 here in South Carolina, Eastern Time. So excited to be here. Um, I feel like it's been forever. As you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, I have moved. I'm officially in my new place. Um, I've been here a month and I don't really have anything behind me right now. Those of you who have worked with me have, I have this beautiful, like colorful flower art and I still have that, but it's in our living area now because the room is so big. So I've got some stuff around, but got a nice clean background. So I got my little setup here. I've been enjoyed, been working, working on podcasts and clients and all that stuff. And I just decided that I'm going to jump on here at least once a month inside the group and just answer some questions. So I'm also recording this for the podcast for any of you that missed this or even the women that maybe aren't in the group yet will have the opportunity. So I have some notes here and mainly what this is from is when... I asked the other day, what are some of the biggest excuses that we use, um, are you using to continue to drink? Um, and all of you said things that I also said too. You know, I was there. So I love that I can support you because of where I was. So I wanted to go ahead and Plug the program that's coming up ahead of time because you guys need to be in there. I only have 10 spots. Why is this important? So I've reformatted this group coaching program. It starts in September, so you have like over a month to prepare for this. But it is a great way for community connection. I'm going to teach you how to stop over drinking, how to create new routines to combat your cravings, um, help remove these excuses of why. Um, learn how to really feel your emotions and in a not-so-scary way, and we're going to address that here in a minute. So a lot of the things I'm addressing in this conversation with you will be will dive deeper. What makes this so special is that it is you and nine other women, and I've got a, I've got a thing on my wall now that says 10 women, and I'm prayerfully asking for the 10 women who are ready to make this change in their life, to come into this space, this beautiful, sacred space of us where we get to work together and you get teaching and coaching. You get to see other people coached. You get to have the freedom to say what you need to say, be completely um, vulnerable and, and see that like there's other women just like you that are struggling just like you. And we're going to come together and work together and 
help you reach your desired goal. Like no matter if that's you getting to the end of the eight weeks and you're like, you know what? I really have decided that I don't want to drink at all anymore. Um, if you get to a place where like you really want to greatly reduce it and you don't know what the future is, that's the thing is like so many times we get wrapped up in like making these decisions that we don't need to be making yet. It's just starting. So the link to go ahead, I want to go ahead and tell you to get in there because the early bird pricing ends August 10th is bit.ly slash stop over drinking sisterhood. And that's how you get in there. So go in and apply and then I can get back with information. And I do have a payment plan, but you get a hundred bucks off if you get in. So I want to tell you that first before I dive in. Um, like I said, you may see me looking down. I've had a great day and had a great workout and I come and my daughter cooked dinner. So I love it. She's 12 and I pay her just so y'all know if you ever want to try this out, if you have kids old enough to cook, I'm just, you know, telling it, telling how it's working. It works great for us. Like she cooks uh, HelloFresh. I get it um, twice a week and no, they're not a sponsor. I maybe should talk to them though because I've had like 50 boxes. I've been using them for a long time, but she cooks and she, um, I pay her $10 a meal, so it's great. So she makes some allowance, and then um, I get to have a meal prepared. So a little messy in the kitchen, but it's cool. All right, let's dive right in. So I ask you, what is your most used excuse for continuing to drink? So I, I took those answers down, and I've written some notes about it just to help you and support you here. Okay? So probably the one of the most number one ones that we hear anyway is stress. Okay? So, um, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and give you what people said first, and then we're going to break it down, okay? So, stress, my boring life, I don't have any close friends, um, I'm a caregiver of a mother who lives with me. Um, the one was, I just want to be numb, because I don't want to deal with the sadness, the loss I'm feeling, which I'm assuming is grease, grief, not grace, grief, anxiety, um, you know, I'm terrible with sitting with my emotions, you know, <clears throat> they could even be like the, the things that we say, like somebody said, I just can't have one. Right. And I used to joke about it <clears throat> and I'm sure people still do because people think it's funny. Um, you know, Oh, it's like a potato chip. You can't just have one. Ha ha ha. Why would anybody want to drink one? And I mean, I said that so many times. Um, it could be all kinds of things because I want to have fun or, you know, boredom is a huge one, right? Um, which that goes way deeper. So let's just kind of dive in a little bit. So let's talk about stress first. So I wanted to ask you, and I hope that you are going to take the time to answer these because at the end of the day, we can talk all day long and you can say, yeah, that makes sense. But until we really take time to sit down and address it, because if you guys are just constantly living in reaction mode and you're not willing to like slow down, and answer this stuff and work on it, then it's not going to be helpful for you. And I've talked about that before. You can get all the information in the world. You can listen to all my episodes. You can listen to all these other people talking about um, removing alcohol or whatever um, episodes. You can read the books. But until you decide that you are going to make the, the changes and start taking little action steps, it's just, it. I mean, you're getting information, but it doesn't help you if you don't do anything with it. So... What is stress to you? Like, what does that even mean? What does it feel like in your body? Okay. So for me, a lot of times, stress just feels like this, like, tightness inside of my body. And then I get this tightness up the back of my neck. 
So like, what are we, what are we, what can we do instead? Like, what are the other things that we can do to cope with stress? Like, have you asked yourself like in that moment, like, what do I need right now? Like whatever's causing me stress and that I'm allowing to feel this tension in my body. Like what am I making it mean? Like what just happened for me to do that? So are you needing to be heard? Do you need to be validated? Do you need to feel loved? Do you need to feel seen? Because typically what's happening is we're making some sort of judgment. Like I'm overwhelmed because, or this child will not stop acting this certain way. Or I can't believe that person just said that to me. Or, you know, the husband makes a comment and there's this trigger of this past issue that you guys have in a relationship. And that turns into stress. So many triggers turn into that. So I want to give you an example because the thing is, is that we have to give, we have to give ourselves the validation. We have to give ourselves the desire to be heard and be seen, right? It has to start with us. We have to meet our needs. And typically what's happening with most women, I'm not going to say all, but most of us are so busy spending time just doing and serving. I mean, heck, we've been, you know, conditioned for a long time that like you just this sacrificial, like giving and pleasing and like you're supposed to do all this stuff as a woman. And not all of us, you know, thankfully have fallen into that, but it is culturally a conversation. And so like we just, we go and we go and we get this pressure and we're not even really checking in to go like, what do I need today? Like, what have I done to fulfill my needs and fuel myself up before I'm just tapped out and I'm like maxed out with this trigger, right? So let me just give you a quick example of how this happened to me recently when we moved, okay? So there's a lot happening when we moved and um, just to get to the point, like I got really stressed out. I had asked my teenage daughter to come back to the house after she got off work, right? Come help me with the dogs. We got to get the dogs over to the new place. She was like, but I had plans and I wanted to go out. And I'm like, I don't care. I get back to the house. They had crapped all over the kitchen, like nervous poops because we weren't there and the moving was happening. You know how animals get, right? So, and then she thought that was funny. And then all I heard was like, well, I can't, you know, I don't really want to do this and I want to go out with my friends. And like, it was really like, I'm not used to her behaving that way either. So I was really super pissed that she was behaving that way. And then it was like, well, can I borrow your car? Like, when are you going to be done with your car? Because something was wrong with her tires. And I was just driving to the new place furious. I was like, who does she, who does she think she is? Does she not see me right now? Does she not see how hard I've been busting my butt for two days, lifting boxes, climbing stairs, I'm taking care of the dogs, I'm doing all this. And then all of a sudden I was like, Michelle, you are triggered right now, right? And it was just a beautiful moment of where I've been practicing this. I went, wait a minute, what do I need right now? I needed to be validated. I needed to know that somebody cared what Michelle was doing. I needed to be seen and seen how tired I was and how sore my legs were and how my back was hurting and how the, the sacrifices I was making. And there was no one around. I could not expect that from her. I couldn't expect that from anyone. So I had to give it to me. So on the way to the new place, I had a little conversation with Michelle. 
And that's exactly what I did, Michelle. You know, I and I love to like rub my heart when I'm doing this because it's just so soothing when we learn to like be tender with ourselves. Like, girl, I see you. And I did not close my eyes when I was driving. But when I do this when I'm at home or somewhere safe, I do. But I'm like, man, I see you. You have worked so hard. You have, you're so strong and you look at all this energy you've exerted and you're doing a beautiful thing and I see you and I know you're tired and your legs hurt and like you deserve to be loved and you deserve like an accolade, like you're doing a really good job and you've worked hard this weekend. And it was just that moment of me talking to myself that I could just feel this like peace kind of flow over my body and the tension begin to remove and kind of come out of my body because I was nurturing myself and I was helping myself with a need. It's always a need that needs to be met. And you can you guys can relate this to your children too. Like when a when someone acts in a certain behavior behavior and it's an outwardly thing, what is the need that they're trying to get met? It's always something like I'm, I'm scared. I need to be seen. I need to be heard. You're not listening to me. Like I need my voice to come out or, you know, I just don't feel safe in this environment, in this situation. It's always a need or, or validate me, right? All these options. So I hope that that story helped you. <clears throat> was I still aggravated and, and irritated with my daughter? Absolutely. But I was not triggered at a place of like hyper arousal, like that high trigger where you feel like you got to, and we'll talk about this in a minute, but really what we're dealing with is fight, flight, or freeze. That's what's happening. And I was like fighting. That's the trigger that was happening. Okay. So the next one that someone put down was, um, I just, I'm bored. I have a boring life. I don't have any close friends. I'm a caregiver of my mother. She lives with me. So first let me say, I don't know your circumstances and I don't know what's happening with your mom. So I just want you to hear me when I give this guidance and have this conversation that by no means am I um, fully aware of what you're having to deal with at, at home. And I want to help you because you you commented, right? So I want to ask you that too. Like how much are you giving? Like how often you're giving? Um, how, how much time are you spending truly caring for her? And then how are you caring for your needs? It goes back to those needs. Like, what are you doing inside of this service to your mother to fuel yourself back up and get and find your peace and get your energy back? Like, what are you doing? That was my dog pushing on the door. She just does that even though it's locked and shut. Um, and then, you know, what happens is when we get to the end of like, our, like just for that example I just gave, like I was so to the end of my day and I was tired and I like, that's when usually we are, we're highly activated and we're just like, we can't think straight, right? Our brains can't even really get clear because we react because we haven't taken care of ourselves. And I see myself doing that with my children in certain situations. And I go, dang, Michelle, well, no wonder you haven't had your, your space by yourself. You haven't, you know, maybe it was a day I didn't get my workout in, like all these areas. And like I said, we'll go into all this because you, you got to create what that is for you. You've got to create how to meet your needs so that you can serve others. And then the next part of that was the, the friends situation. So I want you to sit down, if you will, and just define what does that mean to you when you say, I don't have close friends. Well, define it. Like, what does that mean? 
what does that mean to you having a close friend? Like what would a close friend look like? And then how would having a close friend help you? Like what would it do for you inside of this conversation? What need would that meet? You know, is it truly you just need some connection? And that could possibly be it. You could just be like, I don't like, I don't know. Do I, I don't have any friends. Like I'm stuck in this house and I'm serving my mom and I don't know your situation. So then I want to ask you, like, if that's it, great. How can you create that? Like, how can you create connections? Is it in your town? Is it online? Is there anything that you can be interested in mutually with someone else? Like, are there Facebook groups where you can net, can connect? I've told y'all this before. If you haven't heard this about me, I have really, really good friends that have only, we're only online friends. And I mean like intimate, like we have conversations because we've connected on like WhatsApp or Boxer, but we met online. And I've got many people that I talk to like that. So it might be a little weird at first because, but I believe that through the pandemic, it has really opened up this opportunity. There's so many resources out there to do that. Um, and it could just be like maybe even somebody in this group, like, or if you choose to do the program, you'll be able to connect. Cause I guarantee you, whoever the 10 women are that choose to come in there, y'all are going to be lifelong. You'll have connections. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Okay. So I hope that helps you. The next one is, this is the last one. And then we'll talk a little bit about how we can start to center, center ourselves and prepare to help us when we we're going through these, these thoughts and these triggers. So the next one is wanting to be numb because of, <clears throat> this is how I read it, like sadness, grief, loss, anxiety, things like that. Like just choosing, like, I just want to be numb. I don't want to feel this. And I get that. So that's a little bit more on the like freeze, the, hype, the hypo arouser when everything kind of drops down. Sometimes we just get like lethargic and like fatigued and like we just slow down and we don't have the energy. We're just like, I just want to check out and numb, right? So I want to ask you, because you, I think you're also the one that said, I'm not really good at processing my feelings. Like, what does that mean? If you, anytime you think these thoughts, all of you who are in these situations, like I want you to define it because our brain, we can be so vague with our thoughts, but we just sit with it and just like, yeah, I just... I can't only, I can't just have one and I'm just stressed and all these things. But it's like, wait a minute, what's really going on? So what is it, what does it mean to you to like, what are you afraid of? Like, what does it mean to be good at processing? And do you know anyone who is good at it? Have you ever found someone that's like, wow, you're really good at processing your emotions. And what does that look like? And I know I might be sounding a little silly or sarcastic, but what it just means is like, oh, well, heck, is anybody really good at it? Because my sadness two weeks ago might not be the same as two weeks from now. <clears throat> now, what I can say personally is I shut down all my emotions. I checked out, numbed out. Um, I didn't want to feel them. I thought I was too cool to cry. Now, I let them flow and I cry and I scream and I move and I've mo I moan sometimes. Like I've had some good sobby cries recently. And I don't think I'm good at it. I'm just allowing it and I'm not judging. I used to just judge myself hard. So I just want to ask you, are you judging? Are you judging yourself for feeling a certain way? Because if we're like, well, why am I feeling this way? And 
I can't believe this. And even if we been, begin the comparison and all that mind drama, it's not helpful. Sometimes it doesn't even matter the reason that we're sad or the reason that we're feeling anxious. Our body's just telling us something. So we have to let it communicate. That's what it's doing. Tears and the, <laughs> I mean, kids do it. Think about when kids just cry and sob and pitch fits. Like if you let them process it, what happens? Their body calms down. They usually get sleepy. They release it. And it's not pretty. It's usually pretty like flailing around and coughing and breathing and, <laughs> and all that stuff. And that's great. Now, do we, I mean, if you want a temper tantrum, go for it, right? I'm just saying that you don't, you can do it the way you need to do it, okay? Um, and it's so uncomfortable sometimes at first. When this is new to you, I didn't do that. I didn't like just sit down and allow myself to cry when I felt it come up. Like I stuffed it and I stuffed it and stuffed it. And typically it's going to come out in more of like, you could be freezing like you're talking about, or you could shift into the anger and the rage mode too, okay? So what we're doing is when we're doing that, is we're not getting rid of them. We are recycling them for later and they usually come out. Okay. So I hope this is helpful. And basically I just need you to know that this is normal. <laughs> There's normal processes where we are hyper aroused or we are hypo aroused. So we like fight, flight, freeze. So we need to make sure we're spending time <clears throat> grounding ourselves and centering ourselves throughout the day and when this moment happens. So when these things, these triggers happen, like seriously, it's the simply like putting your hand over your heart and your hand over your belly and taking a good five deep breaths. That's going to help center you because I can feel I'm touching and I feel my body, okay? Another one is you can simply just ground. You can go outside if you want to. I love going outside and actually being in the grass. But you don't have to. You literally can just stand up or sit down where you are and like ground your feet and stand there and feel the weight, feel the gravity, and like feel all the little parts of your feet, um, your toes, the front, the back sides, like kind of bounce, like feel your knees bouncing a little bit, like really go back into your body, okay? And if you're more on this like lethargic fatigue, um, you got to get some stimulation. Like all this is body stuff. Even though we're talking about what our brain and our mind, what our mind's telling us, oh, I'm stressed, oh, I'm bored, blah, 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 all these things, the body is where the action takes place, okay? So squeezing your arms, um, squeezing your legs. Get that activated. Just kind of get up and move around. You can like jump like you're doing like calf raises. And I know sometimes like when you're feeling that way, you're like, that's the last thing I want to do. But trust me, just trust me. I always say this, borrow my belief, right? Try it for yourself, okay? I hope this helps. You are welcome to um, comment, ask more questions. If there's something I didn't cover, let me know. And just keep in mind like, I'm going to help you through all this. Like, I can't wait to see who all comes into the group. It is bit.ly slash stop over drinking sisterhood. It is an amazing group coaching program starting in September. 
you have plenty of time to prepare, but if you want 100 bucks off, I want your application in and committing by August the 10th. So message me if you have any questions. Have a great night, ladies. I hope this was helpful. Okay, girlfriend, before you go, if you found value in this podcast and it helped you, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. This is what helps the show grow and helps more women to get their hands on the support so they can choose to reduce their drinking or quit altogether like I did. Go join the community and say hi over on Facebook by searching Set Free Sisterhood. I will also put the link in the show notes. You can also connect with me for a one-on-one discovery call at coachmichelleporterfield at gmail.com. And I want to ask, how do you want to feel in the next six months? Who are you becoming? Are you ready to grow? I see you and I've got you. Until next time, stay blessed.